The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about the difference between linear, connected, and second screen television advertising. Joining us is Devin Fallon, who is the VP of Media Insights and Analytics at Tremor Video, which is a programmatic video platform built for storytelling, matching advertisers with their desired audiences wherever they may be through custom video experiences delivered across all screens, including mobile, tablets, and connected TV. And yesterday, Devin and I talked about the difference between linear and connected television for advertisers. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about how to take advantage of the second screen. Okay, here's the rest of my conversation with Devin Fallon, VP of Media Insights and Analytics at Tremor Video. Devin, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Ben, thanks for having me back. Excited to continue our conversation about TV advertising. Honestly, it's a medium that I know is effective, haven't had a ton of experience working with. I've been a digital marketer for, I don't know, 15 years now and haven't spent a lot of time thinking about TV, but obviously they're being blended more and more. Yesterday, we talked about the difference between linear and connected TV, your traditional set box as opposed to your smart TV or your connected devices, your Apple TV, your Roku, your Amazon or Google, whatever they call them. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the second screen, which is, you know, I'm not sure if it's the iPad that's in front of you while you're watching TV or if it's a home speaker that you're interacting with or if it's your phone. Talk to me a little bit about how you define and think about the second screen and how that compares to the linear and connected devices that we talked about yesterday. I think you made an apt point, which is we don't see that second screen as one specific screen. It really does depend on what device or in some cases, multiple devices are in front of the consumer at the point when they're watching television. But something that we've seen dating back a number of years now and really increasing in prevalence year over year, we did a study a few years ago where we essentially put people in a room for 20 minutes with a TV, a computer, a smartphone, and a tablet. And mind you, these were not their own devices. These were just standard devices in the room. And one of the things we found, which I can certainly relate to in my own personal experience, is the TV was almost universally the first thing turned on, a standard TV with cable, put it on, sit down on the couch and get comfortable. That what we then saw was within on average, I believe, four minutes, 
attention had already irrevocably shifted to any number of those other devices that were in the room that, again, were not personal devices belonging to the test subjects. They just were devices that were available to them. And what we found was even in that 20-minute period, it was hard for people to go without email, hard for people to go without social media, so they were signing into their profiles on these loaner devices. And for the remainder of the experience, generally only paying cursory attention to the TV and instead shifting their focus between these three more personal and more immediate devices. So that's something that I think really has been borne out by my own personal usage, by a lot of people with whom we speak and ask them to think about their own personal usage. It's something that intuitively makes sense, and we've been seeing it more and more in behaviors in the marketplace. So back in the day when I worked at eBay, one of the projects I worked on for a good 30 to 45 seconds was thinking about how eBay would expand to be a companion for television advertising and how we could take tokenized products that were on a show and people would be sitting there in front of a tablet or an iPad and see how to buy the things they were watching on TV. And the example was, this was in the 2000s when Friends was still popular If I'm sitting there watching Friends and Rachel and Ross were on the screen, I could hold up my iPad or my iPhone and see what they were wearing and then go buy those clothes or similar clothes on eBay. When I think about the second screen, I'm thinking about a companion viewing experience, or at least that was the philosophy I was thinking about 10 years ago working at eBay. Has anybody actually mastered that? Are people thinking about integrating a second screen to be interactive with the television? Or is it just an advertising companion knowing that I'm going to be sitting there on Twitter while watching the game? I like to think that aspirationally, the former, what you were talking about, was, and in some cases still is, the goal for certain apps or certain companies. So I think of a company like Get Glue, I believe was the name of it, which was trying to incentivize essentially like checking in Foursquare style with different shows you were watching. And I believe there were trivia and things like that. Other companies that have leaned in, including TV networks like AMC, for instance, I am one of the people that still actually watches Walking Dead. And I think they've always done a fairly good job of promoting the kind of cross-pollination between watching the show on your TV and the interactive experiences that you can have if you pull up a tablet or a smartphone in conjunction with it. However, I think what we are increasingly seeing is while there's a huge perceived value to what we would consider synergistic multitasking, meaning using that second device to look at or access or engage with something related to the content on the main screen, Primarily, we're dealing with folks who are doing what we consider distracted multitasking, which is basically anything else that is unrelated to what you're watching on the biggest screen, email, social media, web browsing, work, whatever. So while I think there are companies that are probably out there doing a heroic job with that synergistic or simultasting effort, we, in our position, see multitasking more as the domain of the distracted. And that plays deeply into how we try to understand how we can actually define and reach an attentive audience, no matter where their attention lies. It seems to me like there's a second way that the second screen is being used, where it's actually a primary screen where you're consuming TV on a mobile device. If I'm sitting around watching my AT&T DirecTV subscription on my phone as opposed to my TV, 
is that built into the same mechanism? Are you calling that a second screen? Is that a linear, a connected device? Where does that fall when people are consuming media on smaller and mobile devices? I'm curious what other people's perspective is on that. I personally would not call that a second screen. I would call that probably your primary screen at that point in time, if that's where you're watching your main bit of content. You may then have a secondary screen next to or behind that. For instance, I could be watching a show or sports highlights on my phone and then have my work laptop open behind me. Let's say this example is at home, not when I'm at work and should be working the whole time. But I may be watching a program on my phone and doing something else on my laptop behind it. I would then consider that laptop to be the secondary screen. However, I think the example you bring up is one that we see as somewhat fundamentally different than the experience of watching or quote unquote watching, if you're not paying attention, the biggest screen, linear TV, and using your other more personal devices at the same time. So talk to me about how advertisers can make sense of and take advantage of the primary screen becoming increasingly a more mobile experience where you can watch TV on your iPad or tablet or your phone, and also the second screen. So yeah, we see that coming into play play in a few different ways. The first example, if we're talking about viewership of traditional TV content that is now moving more and more into the digital realm. I would argue there's a fundamentally different level of attention being paid to that content on a device like your phone than to that same content on the biggest screen in the house, the linear TV screen. And that's generally because we have a now very different and much more personal, I would argue, relationship with our smartphones than we do with those TVs that are hung on the wall or, or sitting on their stand a couple of feet away from us. So. The argument that we make is when you pull up that content on your phone, you're generally holding it in your hand and the device that's most likely to distract you from that content can't because it's your smartphone and you're already watching something. On most smartphones nowadays, particularly uh, Apple smartphones, difficult to multitask and do multiple things at the exact same time, right? You can switch back and forth between windows you maybe have some limited capability to access notifications while you're watching content. But in general, it's going to take up that whole screen and monopolize your attention in a very different way than watching that same content on your linear TV screen. When your customers come to you and they're new in television advertising and they're trying to make sense of, I want to have the reach of television. I want to have the mixture of sight, sound, and motion. I understand the power in terms of delivering a marketing message through that vehicle, but I want to tackle it in a smart way. What advice do you have for them to start a campaign and make sense of whether they should be investing in linear, connected, second screen opportunities? Generally, when we're coming into the conversation, linear TV is, for the most part, already a fact of the campaign. There's very few advertisers that we work with who are truly saying, we want to start from scratch. We're not dead set on any medium and we're completely open to recommendations. If we did have those situations, then what we really want to advise, given that we don't transact on linear TV, is there's probably a base level of awareness and audience reach that you need through a traditional linear TV method. And we typically will come in at the tail end of that piece when you're figuring out what that allocation to linear is and how you can complement it with connected TV. We don't see too many brands yet 
completely replacing their linear TV with connected TV and other digital media. It has happened to some extent, and we're happy to support those clients in their endeavors. But generally, we still that because of the heavy viewership that's still happening in linear TV, there is a benefit to being in that space in a big way and then complementing with connected TV and other digital means. It's funny. I would assume that for brands that are entering into the type of entertainment advertising that we're talking about, you know, if I were starting a campaign and I was trying to test my way in, I would actually start with the connected television to understand on a small scale what the throughput is and then expand to the less trackable metrics. If I were running a campaign to promote the MarTech podcast, I would be saying, let's retarget my audience using video advertising on connected devices so I can actually get a sense of what is working, you know, what shows, what demographics, and then expand that into the less trackable linear TV. It sounds like most people think of it the opposite direction. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I will say we need to come at this problem from the perspective of earning the buy-in and credibility with the client. And it's harder for us to make that argument when we are a digital first company to say, you don't need linear TV at all. Work with us. Even if there are very good measurement reasons why that might be the case, we are operating in a world that has lived with TV as king for a long time. And I don't think it's going to be dethroned anytime soon. So there is a degree of respect that we need to pay to our traditional masters in the linear TV world. But what's really important for us is being the sounding board and the strategy for our clients to help understand from the digital side of things, here's how we can complement what you're doing. Here's the best way to reach your audience based on the objectives that you have laid out for your overarching campaign. One other thing I'll add is we do see with certain categories like direct consumer advertisers, many of whom are newer, younger brands. If anyone is going to jump into digital first before linear, it's maybe some of those guys who, to your point, are obsessed with test and learn, quantifying everything. Those are the guys that are really benefiting from some of the more attribution type measurement and outcomes we can get in digital, maybe before they dip their toe in the water of linear. I think the last question that I have for you is the idea of thinking about retargeting and understanding when you have an existing audience, is there a way to be able to reach out to them with the right message at the right place at the right time? Is there a way to understand what content consumers, you know, take your audience and present them the right message or just understand what content people are actually consuming? Yeah, and I think this goes back to our earlier discussion point about multitasking or distracted viewers. We know because of all that distraction going on in the household, it can be difficult for television creatives sometimes to break through. Probably a safe bet in most cases that the sound is going to be on, but you're not always going to have attentive eyeballs. And that's where we lean pretty heavily on our partnership with Alfonso, which is an ACR technology, an automatic content recognition technology. And put simply, this is technology that allows a TV to understand what ads or content a viewer is watching. Important to note that it is all opt-in, in some cases, double opt-in. So this is with the consumer's consent, of course. Identifying the ads and content that someone's watching or in theory, watching, give it a quote unquote around that watching if they're not really paying attention. And then we can actually serve creative messaging and ads to them in different environments based on what they were watching. So what this allows us to do is potentially say, 
Super Bowl is coming up. We maybe have a brand that doesn't have the ad budget Super Bowl, but they want to reach people who watch the Super Bowl. That's a very broad audience, obviously. But we can use ACR technology to understand who is watching the Super Bowl and then serve ads to them on their desktop or smartphone or tablet that they might be using while they're watching the game, as long as they are in an ad-supported environment. So it's been a really important way for us to help advertisers identify attentive audiences and help make more use of the media they might be running on TV to remessage their existing audience or avoid their existing audience to grow their reach or even competitively conquest. People who have been exposed to a competitor brand message on TV can then be served their brand message on the smaller screen in the household. And that's where we tend to see the greatest engagement. It's really interesting to hear how some of the types of marketing that we think about as being traditional non-digital advertising, television, billboards, going to events, how there is all of this technology that's being in that is making them more like digital marketing channels. With television, you can understand what media someone is watching. You can retarget them, target them across multiple devices. We've heard about event marketing, how you can target people based on what events they're happening and what their interactions are there. Understand if somebody has been exposed to a billboard. And to me, this really speaks to you know the future of marketing is not just digital marketing, but really connected between the online and the offline world. Devin, I appreciate you coming on the show to tell us all about the television advertising landscape. Thanks for having me, Ben. It was a lot of fun. Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Devin Fallon, VP of Media Insights and Analytics at Trimmer Video for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Devin, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company's website, which is TremorVideo.com. Just one link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to MarTechPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can sign up for our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can reach out to me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.